So what do I do? Hold on. We have Menachem Mata fixing it. I'm good. We're good. Okay, something happened miraculously. Good luck, everybody. First email from Michael Weiss. I don't know where he's from. First, you're giving over the daf is tremendous. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> okay. You got to be here live. That's Gary. He's, I don't know what he's doing. He's jogging somewhere and he can't be here live, so he's going to drive us sugar now. But okay, good. My phone is on. Everything is on. Do we have a sponsor tonight? Who's the sponsor? I'm supposed to look it up. Hold on. Okay, that's what he was telling me to look up. Meanwhile, I'll read this email. Hold on. Sorry, guys. It's Matzah Shabbos. Uh, I don't know. Send it to me. Yosef, send it to me. All right. Today's uh, first email from Michael Weiss. First, your giving over the daf is tremendous. must be extremely difficult to condense all that information in an eight-minute time slot. I get tremendous hanah from the daf. I spend lots of time on Mishnayis, and this fills in a lot more completion of my learning. I get the daf on my WhatsApp, and in an app, sometimes they play at the same time. I don't know what that means exactly. In general, I love the eight-minute daf. In general, psh, most of the time he likes it. All right, that's, that's okay. No but. Mike Weiss, have a good Shabbos. Today's shir is sponsored in honor of our wedding anniversary, this Shabbos, Chofal Sivan, and in honor of Ravelli Stefanski and his wonderful and amazing team who are creating such a terrorist storm across. I didn't see this yet. How come nobody ever sent this to me? Terrorist storm across the Jewish globe, seeing so many thousands of Eden of all types and stripes from all four corners of the world uniting together daily, either joining by Zoom or YouTube learning the full daf or on the eight minute daf is just incredible. A true Kiddush Hashem. It's an honor and privilege to have a small chalik in this amazing achievement. A huge yashar kayach to you and keep up this amazing undertaking. But who is it? Yosef? It's anonymous? Anonymous, okay. Anonymous. Shkoyach Reb Anonymous and you should have many, many more wedding anniversaries and Shkoyach, beautiful uh, message. Thank you. This one is from David Gladstone from Cedars. David from Cedars. You mentioned this morning that the word Bamidbar was mentioned over 60 times in the Torah and that you don't know which one to link it to by B'nai Tzlachad. So that's not accurate. I did say that there are 60 and I do know which two we're going to link for the Gzeri My question was, if there are 60, why are you picking those two? Why are those two so special? That's what I was asking. Anyways, he goes on to give me a whole Dvar Torah, beautiful Dvar Torah. But it reminded me that when, when we were in shul today, did you guys notice the V'yapilu? When we learned the Pasuk, did it make any difference to you? <laughs> in our little minyanim in the backyard. When the Balkari said V'yapilu, did we understand it differently than we understood last year? No? Okay. How about the Mekoshesh? V'yapilu, they went up to the mountain, and some say that that was the, the, the Avera that, Sl- that Slavcha did. But the Mekoshesh, it should have been, hey, this is the Mekoshesh, three different cheetahs. I did fail to mention, we were in a rush, there's a, somebody pointed it out to me, but I said it over today by the meal, and my daughter's like, yeah, we learned that in second grade. So, okay, I'll just say it over anyways. <laughs> that what? That Taisus and Baba Basra says that the Mekoshish, whoever he was, whether he was Slavchad or whoever he was, he did it L'Shem Shomayim. He did L'Shem Shomayim because he wanted to show that there's Din B'Cheshman of Yimachal Shabbos. What's interesting is that the Bali Musar always point this out, and they say, listen, Imagine Slavchad comes up to Shemayim, he's all excited because he did something with Shem Shemayim, he sacrificed himself, and he's looking like, where is my place, this Mekayshish, where is my Chashva place? And they tell him, you know, had you not done what you did, there would have been a Geula. If Kaisal would have kept one Shabbos, two Shabbosim, you, you messed everybody up. Because of you, there's a Holocaust, because of you, there's all these things. So the message is that don't be an Eber Chacham when it comes to Yiddishkeit, Kashbaruch says, don't do something, don't make chishboyness. Never make chishboyness. There's always I think Kashbaruch would have wanted me to do this thing and this and this. No. Kashbaruch says, don't do it, you don't do it. Without, without too many chishboyness. And to finish off this, um, this email, 
He says, just want to say how much I love the shir and it helps me start my day off with Torah. Because ah, that's one of the big points, especially the guys that come to 715 shir. Starting off the day with Torah, there's nothing like it. Before you go to work, before, some people before they even daven, starting the day off with the daf. I do sometimes join the Zoom in the middle of the day, but recently everyone has been booking meetings at 2 p.m. I know, it's a very, it's an iffy time that time. May you continue with this great cheer, David from Cedarhurst, Givaldic. We're holding, today is Daf Tzadik Tess, the last few words on Daf Tzadik Ches on the base. Tonu Rabbonon, Charutzim Hoyu Kroshim. We're still talking about the Kroshim for a few more minutes or seconds. These are the Kroshim. The Kroshim were chiseled out on the bottom. But not just chiseled out like an American plug, more like an Israeli plug, meaning that they were, they fit perfectly into this Adonim, but the Adonim was the same width as the Krushim. So if it had like two giant things going like this from side to side that were arm long, they wouldn't fit into the Adonim. The Adonim would have to be larger and the base of the Adonim would be much wider. But since that Adonim, in other words, they were chiseled, each one of these pieces was, is chiseled out on four sides. When I say American plug, because sometimes that piece is almost the size of the plug. You know what I'm talking about? Whereas, okay, forget it. Forget that I said, you're looking at me like I just felt, okay. No, it's, it's okay. I think, this guy, these guys right over here, are chiseled out over here as well. Not just on this side and this side, but on this side. Had this piece of wood come flush with the rest of the keresh, it would not fit in over here. This piece would have to be extended. No? Not following. Well, he follows. Hold on, if I had a pencil or something. You get it? It's not just chiseled this way. It's chiseled over here as well. They chiseled it down. So now it's a nice little square. If it was just like this, and basically flush with the rest of the Cairo all the way up, it would not fit in to this small little receptacle. You have a nice picture over there? Let me see. Ah, okay. Fine. It is a better picture. It shows the depth. It shows how this is indented. Okay. And these Adonim had two holes in them, literally like a plug. This is completely unrelated to anything that we were learning, although we did mention, it's, not, it's related, but not. We, we discussed the Yeriyos HaMishkan, the covering over the Mishkan. This bottom guy is called the Mishkan. This is called the Izim. This is called Tachash. Says the Gemara, This one right over here, the, the center one, which, ha, which is four amas wide. This is eight feet. Each section is eight feet. Don't look at it as a little strip. From here to here is eight feet. Times 11. And then they had these, these hooks in the middle, lulois, that, that were, there was like a little uh, round piece of whatever. I don't have a good picture of it, like a piece of tchelis. And these lulois grabbed onto them but basically it connected the two pieces of fabric. Here's one, here's another one. And if you look up, you see blue and gold, it looks like stars at night. That's all the Gemara is saying. That this gold was shiny like, like the stars. This, this, this guy over here. Tonor Abbonon. Yiriyos hatachtoinos. Shaltcheles. This guy right over here. Is made out of Tcheles, blue wool, vishal argamon, purple wool, vishal tilas shani, red, vishal sheish, linen. Beautiful stuff. This is made out of goat's hair. The one that we were just talking about, the gray one, goat's hair. 
It's more difficult to make the goat here than the bottom one. Why? You need women with chachma, with the knowledge how to do it. They did it with their hands. It says a similar lashon, but it adds a word. They had to have heart. If they had the heart with the Chachma, so it was, it was an additional layer, not just Chachma, but also their heart, so it took more. And he explains it a little bit, Rebbe Nechemiah. And we actually had this already. It just seems like a theme, like we're doing Chazor sort of recently. That the Izim, the, the wool, or whatever you want to call it, the hair from the goats, was washed while it was on the goat, and they braided the, the hairs while it was on the goat. It's very difficult to take hair from the goat and start making something out of it. The reason they did it, they wanted it to be fresh. They felt that as soon as they would shear that hair off the, off the goat, it would lose its freshness. It wouldn't be as, as gishmak. Tumah. Yeah, we... we, we Uh, that's not what we had in the suya, I don't think, but we have to go back. Remember something, over there was more of, over here, what? No, this is not mechubal karka. When, you mean once it was done, it was a cleave, yeah? I don't know, it sounds familiar, it does sound familiar, but I don't think that was the, the, the maskana over there. Fine, I don't know, we have to go back, again with my memory. So we, we discussed the two porches on one side of the Rishus Rabbim. Going back to the wagons that carried these kairos. How many kairos were there? 48. How many wagons were there? Four. Each wagon carried 12 beams. We had this yesterday. I didn't have the picture. Here's the picture. So, I don't know if you can see well. I can't. This is a wagon. Okay, this is one wagon. These are the beams laying lengthwise on the narrow part of the wagon. This is how we said the beams. Uh, where's a better picture? I don't want to mess it up. The order, but okay. Let's say something like this. This is the three... Three stacks versus the two stacks. We came out the maskana. It's two. Uh, not so much maskana, but that's how we finished off. Fine. Now, you have underneath the wagon, underneath the frame, we said the wagon is made out of a frame, and we have the wheels. The actual wagon is going to say is two and a half ama. Each wheel from the wagon, from the wall of the wagon to the end of the wheel is one and a quarter. From the wall to the wagon, one and a quarter. So we have tachtayim underneath the wagon. We have tzidayim by the wheels. And then we have Benayim between the wagons, right over here. All that is considered Rishul's Harabim. Omar Abayo, Bain Agolo La Agolo, Kimloi Oyoch Agolo. If you keep that on, good, keep it on, keep that, uh, that, that picture on. Bain Agolo La Agolo. From this wheel to this wheel is how much? Five Amos. From wagon to wagon. So. I don't know, if you see, from wheel to wheel of a wagon, side by side, is five amas. From this wheel to this wheel. Like the length of the agola. The agola itself, is the width is two and a half. But if you take all the wheels and the, and the width, that's five amas, and then you, you could put a five ama, another agola, in between the two agolas. Forget about my red kairos that I put up there. But from wheel to wheel, these are lined up from here to here is five amos. Ask the Gemara, why does a wagon need to be five amos? So, if we even go with this shita, let's start with the other shita. Hold on, we'll take this. Let's say this one right over here. This is how we, we said that they, 
Or forget this one. Let's, this is better. Whatever. It doesn't really make a difference. Any sheet that we take. If, yeah, uh, whatever. One and a half. No, because I don't have a good picture of this, of the three sheet though. Yeah, okay, fine. Here's three. One and a half, one and a half, and one and a half. Three times one and a half equals four and a half ama. So then why does the wagon have to be five amas long? Right? Each stack is one and a half ama. Now if you put them the other way, you flip them over, where they're laying under one ama side, so that will give us four amas. So then you really don't need five amas. But even according to this shita, that they're laying flat on the one and a half side, so one and a half times three is four and a half. Ask the Gemara, why do I need a five ama long wagon? Says the Gemara, so that it shouldn't be, if it's exactly four and a half, will be two mitzumtzum, will be two pushy, plus you have those rings and everything. So they gave it a little extra room, and that's why, and we explained that yesterday as well. Omarava, tzidei agala, the sides, the wheels, kimeloi roichav agala. So now we already showed how that works. The wheels, each one is, where am I? One and a quarter ama. So one and a quarter plus one and a quarter is two and a half. And that's exactly the width of the wagon, two and a half. So from wheel to wheel is five amas, two and a half times two. Ask the Gemara, Lomali, why do I need the wagon to be two and a half amma? Wouldn't it be enough to have one and a half amos? Why? Because if you do this, forget about this guy. Let's say I am going to take one beam. On, on a ride, so all I need is one and a half ama. Why do I need two and a half ama? What does the two and a half ama width give me at all? I, I, I could do away with one and a half ama. Worst comes to worst. So an ama, you're right, is not good enough because what if I need a beam? I need to take one beam on a trip. So I'll so make it one and a half ama per, for, for one beam. Okay, I'll give it to you, at least one and a half amma. But why two and a half amma? What do you, where did you come up with the two and a half amma? Ba'amso Sagi says the Gemara, Think about it. These beams don't go like this picture, this way. They go lengthwise on the narrow part. So if you have a narrow wagon like this, and a 20-foot beam, these are 20 feet, on the wagon, it's, it's just going to fall. It has to have some stability, so I make it two and a half amma wide. Five feet wide, I guess, is enough to have a, a stable 20-foot beam on it. Now you can go back, Mordechai, to that first picture, this guy. So if we do the cheshman, Rabbi Yisai, we have a wagon. From wheel to wheel is five ammas. We said from this wheel to this wheel is another five amma. And from this wheel to this wheel is five amma. A total of three times five is how much? Fifteen. So where do we come up with sixteen amas in Rosh Rabbim? Fifteen amas of Rosh Rabbim is enough. The Here's the Mishkan. This is what they did in the Midbar. And they only had fifteen amas with. Now what are you, what are you supposed to ask right away? What kasha should be bothering you right now on this, on this Gemara? Where do you see 15 over here? I see a lot more than 15. How much? 20. You hear what he says? It's 20. At least 20, a little bit more than 20. Why? Because each beam is 10. 10 times 2 is 20. Plus you have a little bit of a... You can't drive in a midbar on sandy dunes. The touching, so there's a couple of inch difference over here. I don't know how many. So it's 20, at least 20. Let's call it 20. So the so the Rav is twenty. Says says the Gemara, that it has to be says Rashi. Sorry. Ah, Reb Shloimeh Sofer is is today's sponsor. Okay, fine. So we have a we have a a known sponsor. I was, I was getting worried. Okay, so Reb Shloimeh Sofer, you should have a, a tremendous 
uh, anniversary, you and your wife, you should be zoicha, talada nachas, yishkoyach, yishkoyach for the, for the sponsorship. Okay, so, says Rashi, we cannot count the 20 Amas. You hear? You hear what's going on? You can't count the 20 Amas. Why? Because the 20 Amas are above the 10th Fachim of Rishus Rabbin. It's in a Makim Ptur. We said that this wagon is 10th Fachim high. That's considered Rishus Yachim. So anything above that is already in Makim Ptur. Not counted. But the actual wagons were on a 15 space, not on a 20. So the Gemara. Listen to this beautiful shot. There was a levy that stood behind the wagons as it was traveling through the Midbar, making sure that nothing's tumbling over. And if something tumbles over, check this picture out. The Shmaka picture from the Pirushchai. Here's a flatbread man. He's ducking underneath the, the wagon. And he has, in my, I, I just did this once in Shabbos, I didn't have time, a red, you see this red little, it, it's still in the picture, just it's black and white. I, I did it in red. You can see where he travels. This is the half ama edition that he has on each side. A half ama on here, a half ama, total of 16 amas. In other words, they needed it. They used this half ama to come. You see over here, you can see this red guy falling. So he crawls underneath the two wagons, because there's another wagon here, don't forget there's another wagon, crawls underneath, climbs up, there's an ama space, because we said there's two stacks times one and a half, which is uh, three. No, that doesn't work. No, sorry. Two stacks of times one, so that's two. And another two stacks times two is four, and then there's one ama in between that he could... Wiggle his way in there and fix this beam if it falls. Okay. So th therefore, now you know that there's another half ama for, for the flatbread man to... And these guys, according to one shot in the Gemara, that they were 20 amas long, it's a really tough job. For a 20 amma man to bend over like that underneath the thing, yeah. Okay. You have to stand between the two and fix them. And these things weigh four ton. You could crush your, it, it make you flatter than, maybe that's why he's flat. <laughs> okay. Wow. Reb Hershey, what's leader. I haven't seen you in a while. Mati, you're a bad boy. I want to see you in Beis Medrash. Reb Shimshim Weiss, I see. Leon, ah. Okay, I'm not mentioning Leon anymore. Who else? Reb Edmund. I'll, I'll mention you, but Dylan's complaining. All I say is Leon, Leon, Leon. Says the Mishnah. Oh, Rabbi Feder is here. He says it's almost 10 o'clock. Says the Mishnah, Chulias Habar. So, what's a Chulias Habar? You make, you go into a, a, a ditch, you go into a, a pit, and you take out some dirt from the pit, and you throw it to the side. Here's the ground, and you throw it to the side, and you build up a little bit of a Chulia. How do you say Chulia in English? A bank. A bank. I like bank. Bank is good. You make a little bit of a bank around the bar. Okay? So now what all of a sudden you have, you could have tent fachim starting from the top of the Chulia going downwards. Okay. Chulia is habar v'hasela. Let's say this is a sela. Just a, a, a stone smack in middle of Shus If it's tent fachim, it has halacha v'shusa yachid. Shehengu v'ayim asara v'rachabam arba v'rachman arba. If there are four tfachim by four tfachim and ten tfachim high, hanoytam ahen v'hanoysin al gabam chayov pachis mekayim potter. So this is your typical v'shusa yachid. It has to be ten tfachim deep or ten tfachim high. You have a v'shusa yachid. Ask the Gemara. Lameli lemisni chuyas habar v'asela. What's the point of saying that the guy dug out? Who cares how much he dug out? You have a pit that's ten tefachim deep. Who cares that he, that he, how it got there? If you start here, you start there. Why don't we just talk about a regular bar in somebody's backyard that's ten tefachim deep? What good does this give me? What halacha can I learn from this? Listening, a bar vasela, very simple. Bar, sela. The opposite of a sela is an inverted sela, ten tefachim deep. Why are you telling me that this is a chulia? 
Misayele Rabbi Yochanan answers the Gemara, Domer Rabbi Yochanan, Bar Vichul Yasa, Mitztarf and Lazaro. Yes, it is a Chiddush. It's a Chiddush that five Tvachim, let's say, are below ground, and five Tvachim are above ground. I have a, I have a new Rishos called a Bar Vichulya. In fact, there's a whole Shaila here, what Rashi holds in, in the Rishonim. What is this considered? On top, right over here, is that part of the bar, not part of the bar, it's outside, inside, ten fachim. How do you view this? So, we have something similar that says it more mafurish in the bride, it's just like Rabbi Yechonon. If you have a bar in Rabbi that's ten fachim, and it's four fachim wide, I cannot draw water from it on Shabbos. Why? Because the, the bar is Rishus HaYachid. And to go from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaRabim is Haitzah. You want to drink from that bar? You have to make walls around it. You make walls around the bar. Now everything inside those walls is Rishus HaYachid. I could draw water, no problem. Now, if there's no walls, I'm very thirsty. I go into a bar in the middle of Rosh Hashanah and I stick my head into the bar. It could be even with a cup. I go like this, but my head is over the bar. I'm in Rosh Hashanah. I drink. It's Gishmak. What's wrong with that? It's a problem. Why? Because, says Rashi, I might forget that it's Shabbos. I might forget what I'm doing. I'll take the cup outside of the Rosh Hashanah to continue drinking outside. Now I just was over this, you're not allowed to go from the, the bar to Rishus Rabbim. Elim Kain, Hichnis Law, Roy I can't, I don't know if I'm the only one. Tell me if I'm the only one. I, I, I read this Gemara, like everything else in Corona, you know, every five minutes you get a message, you get a meme, you get a joke, you get a picture. There's one thing that's going to stick with me forever. I can't get it out of my head. This, the the Bachar that, that was caught coming out of the Kalim Mikvah. He went toiveling in the camp. You remember that one? I for some reason, I just can't get over that one. <laughs> and I'm reading this Gemara. I'm picturing like a little bar, and this guy is inside the bar. He's coming out of the bar. The guy went to toivel his kalim, and out pops this guy. Literally, he pulls out his phone and starts taking a video of him. He's literally like other Marishan. I'm not, but in the video, you don't really see all that, but you see that he's not wearing a bathing suit. And all that. He just comes out of the bar. Shalom Aleichem. It wasn't a, like a dirty whatever, it was, it was good. The guy took it in the right way. And the guy is like shocked, like, what are you doing? This is a mikvah, why are you taking videos? Anyway, that, from the whole corona, that's the only thing that I remember. What? Shmuel Eliwat wants to know if he continued on putting his dishes in that bar mikvah. Akaparim. If, if the guy went his entire body into the bar, then he could drink in the bar. Then he's muttered to drink. Okay. A guy like that usually is potter from brachas anyways. But this guy, and here, so the b'risa finishes off finally, you should know that the bar, the, 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 the five t'vachim, call it five t'vachim, six t'vachim, whatever it is, and whatever the bank is on top, that's the Chiddush here in the Mishnah. An additional Chiddush, you get a freebie. You have this guy, let's say. In the middle of Rosh Hashanah, you have a, a beam. Smack in the middle of Rosh Hashanah. Proper size to make it Rosh Hashanah. Ten Tzvachim high, four Tzvachim wide by four Tzvachim. Bizarak, and he throws from Rosh Hashanah. You can see it even in this picture. Although this is for something else, we'll borrow it for now. He's throwing an object from Rosh Hashanah on, on top of this thing. So here's the Shailah Balpeh. In order to get on top of this beam, it has to travel above the beam to land on a beam. What is that called? A top of the beam, it's a Makim Ptur. Oh. So he wants to know, what's the halacha? If I go from Rosh Hashanah through a Makim Ptur, because anything above Tent Fachim is a Makim Ptur, and I land in a Rosh Hashanah, am I chayiv? It made a stopover in a Rosh Hashanah, in Makim Ptur. Maybe I'm not chayiv. Says the Gemara, 
he did perfect. He was over beautifully by lifting it up from Shuzarabit. And the landing was perfect. He landed, it was a 10. The landing was perfect. Mamish is Isa but it had to travel through above ten tefachim. Above ten tefachim is called a makom tur. he's not chayim. Without getting too deep into this, Tosis points out. Wait a minute. We learned mafurish gemaras already in our masnechta that you're chayim. You walk above ten tefachim and makom tur you're Tosis comes up with the whole shot that it's going downwards. It's traveling on the downward, and on the downward is that called koyach koychay. It's not his force. It's coming down without his force, so that's that's Gemara Shail here. Fine. Omalei says Ravo to Rav Mordechai Masnisani. Isn't that a Mishnah? Our Mishnah? He didn't like that. Also, Shail Rav Yosef, he goes asking the same question. He says the same exact answer. Omalei Masnisani. Also, Shail Rabbi asked three people in a row, and they all say the same exact word. What are you asking silly questions? Masnisani. Omer Luhu, so he says to all of them, Kulchu Beruko Tofitu. You're all spitting the same spit? Well, you all come from the same place. Why can't anybody say, add a word, take off a word? What are you saying here? Omer so they tell him, what? And you don't think that you can learn from the Mishnah of Asnan. In our Mishnah, says Mufurj, if you take off an object from a selah, and a selah is ten fachim. L'chayr is talking about taking off, putting on, throwing, putting on. It's all the same. What's the difference? And as it travel through a Makim Ptur, our mission says it's Asr. Chayav. <coughs> so Rav Mordechai says, wait a minute, who told you? Dilma Masnisim B'machat. It's a big doichak, and the Rishonim didn't point out it's a doichak, and therefore they don't hold like Rav Mordechai. They say, we don't pass him like him. But he says, who told you? Maybe we're talking about a needle. And a needle doesn't travel through a Mokim Petur. It travels right over here and goes straight on to this, this guy. It also has volume. You don't like how big it is, great. But it's still a little bit more than 10 Tvachim. Right? Because this Sela is 10 Tvachim tall. In order for a Machat that's a, a millimeter, whatever you want to call it, give it, it has to have some size, it's not invisible. So it's a little bit more than 10 Tvachim. Inami, says Gemara, this lay Mursha. Oh, so here's the picture from Mursha, right over here. Here's the Mursha from the Pirushchai. Look how interesting Allah. It has a little bit of a protrusion here. Something sticks out. And your whatever is going to land on this little guy. So, the Allah is, since this is already 10 Tvachim tall and 4 Tvachim wide, so even this little mursha is considered a rishusayachad. Yes, it's lower and it's small, but it doesn't have it's, it doesn't have any chashivas to itself. And since it doesn't have any chashivas to itself, it's bottled to the rishusayachad and it has the same name as the rishusayachad. So may I have a situation where you could throw something below ten and you're still over on rishusayachad. Another shot is inami the rami becharitzo. Okay. Maybe there's a little bit of a groove right here on the top. Yeah, like a lot of stones have grooves in them. And you put the machat, the needle, right into the groove. The entire surface is at 10 tfachim. But you were able to find something that's 9.99 and you put it in there. And that charitz, that little groove, is still considered because the whole entire thing is now. Because most of it is above 10. Omer Av Rabbi said, this is one of these beautiful dapim with unbelievable lambdas and svaras and logic. You built a little chain link fence, some sort of flimsy fence that's 10 tvachim tall, but it doesn't have the width of a rushusayachet of arba. Umukov lekarmelis. What did you do? You went and you. You surrounded a Carmelis. I just thought, I'm just thinking now, I have a property in Chicago that's in a terrible neighborhood. I'm trying to get rid of it. I mentioned this a bunch of times. So not only does it cost me taxes every year and all that, but we have a lot of weeds. So they come and they, we have to, if you don't have to cut the weeds, they charge you all this money. But then, worse than that, the, all, the whole neighborhood thinks it's a dump. So they take their, their, they do a renovation, they take a truck, and they just dump it there. 
So we have to clean it. If we don't clean it, we get fined. So we had to buy a fence and surround this property. It's a crazy amount of money. It's a thin fence. So what do they do? They come with their trucks and they just run over the fence and they dump it. Anyway, I can't make any more jokes. I sent to Naftali. I said last month's Shabbos a joke about combing the hair. And a guy sent me a guy that I don't think he was too... Nishta Unzira. And he goes, uh, I love your sheer bro. I love your class, bro. But I think you should remove that comb joke. That's what he wrote me. I sent it to him. The name didn't look so... Craig something, whatever. Anyway, love a shinna. So, you got to be careful. This is one of those neighborhoods. And this, I think I have a caramelist. I'm just thinking now. It's, it's more like, I don't know how big, how, how big is this uh, society thing? Yeah, for sure, caramelist. So, it's Rosh Hashanah. No, it's Rosh Hashanah. Now it's for sure, no? No, it's Mukhaf that they shouldn't get in there and dump their stuff. It's supposed to be Deerus over there, but it's not. It's just a, it's just a vacant lot. It's a giant, I tell you, it's the, the Kool-Aid factory, where the, the original Kool-Aid, they used to produce Kool-Aid. It's like 11 acres or something. Uh, yeah, almost 11 acres in the middle of Chicago. You have to, we had to be makif this thing. It's crazy. Fine. V'zorak v'nochal gabov. Ma'u. Mi'am rinon kiven de'enoi rochov dalid. So what happened? You have this little fence. Now I'm taking a, a, an object, I'm throwing it on top of the fence. But the fence has a purpose. The fence just created, it, it surrounded a caramelist. Before it was a caramelist, and now it surrounded and make, it made the caramelist into Rosh So it served the purpose. So here's the question, it's a beautiful question. At the end of the day, the top of the fence is very narrow, so I threw it on top of the fence, it's not a Rosh Hashanah. So it's very interesting. Rosh has two Tzadim here. And the Gemara's answer is the third Tzad completely. What are the two Tzadim of Rosh The simple way, hey, you have a fence, very narrow on top, not a Rosh Hashanah, it's a Mokim Or perhaps no. This fence comes, here's a fence, fence and a fence, so everything in between, it's as if it's full. So now, my narrow fence is very, very wide. It's as wide as my hole from fence to fence. So when I put it on top of the fence, I'm actually putting it on this width. Not on this narrow part, but on the whole width of my, whatever I, I fenced in. Oh my Now, just to point out another Taisvis, very interesting Taisvis. What about, there, we'll, we'll say a few more words. It says Gemara Mula, Says, well, it's very simple. If this little chain link fence had the power to make the entire inside of my field a Rosh so it itself should, should certainly be Rosh Hashayachid. Great. What about this case? I took dirt out from the bottom and I put it over here and I just created tent fachim. Shouldn't this also, if I put something on top over here, this created a tent fachim depth. So this question that the Rishonim have, if I put something on top over here, perhaps this should be a raya that it, it definitely should be chayv. This should be Rosh Hashayachim. Tosh says no raya from here because this area, we just look at the top part. The top part is not tent fachim. That's how Taisa says. The chulia is not the no. This question over here is different because you actually have a ten tvachim mechitza. It's just not four tvachim wide. Itmanami. What? Who? Oh, a middle of Ahmed base. How do you know you're not even looking in the Gemara? Wow. If you have this case, this case, you have a, a wall that's ten tefachim high, but it's not four tefachim wide. Remove of the caramelist, and it was meant to surround the caramelist to make the caramelist this, this is the stuff that makes you smart. Not only is it geschmack, it makes you smart. It's like, it's, 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 forget that it's Torah. It's Mamish Gashmias. 
we're learning, we're going to be, be over a little bit. We have Anas Ha'ilam Azeh right here. Bar Rabbi Yechanan. Bar Tisha. If you have a pit that's nine Tfachim deep, Va'okar Mimena Chulya, and you started digging on Shabbos, and you took out the final Tefach of the ten Tfachim. You started at it nine, and you took out one more Tefach. Vishlim al now you have ten Mahu. You're the Kasha, beautiful question. When I took out that final shovel of dirt, I did an akira from a pit that is either I could look at it that as I took it out, it was a ten tvachim pit, or no, I just made it ten tvachim by taking out the final shovel. It's like Gita Viyali Bayim Keachad. The final scoop, the final tefach. Yeah. No, the final scoop, I would say, because it's not yet 10 tefachim until I get that final scoop out. And as I get the final scoop out, two things happen simultaneously. I was over in Akira, and I also made a, a bar. But when I did that Akira, it wasn't 10 tefachim. It just became 10 tefachim, but it happened simultaneously. The simultaneously working. Says the Gemara, one more question on top of this. Maybe I'll say, listen, when I removed that shovel, there weren't ten tfachim in this pit. So I'm not chayiv. So what about in the reverse? You have a pit that's exactly ten tfachim, and then you put a shovel's worth of dirt into the pit. So what happens? As the dirt lands in the pit, that's the Hanacha. But guess what? As it landed, I don't have ten tvachim because the landing caused that the pit should be less than ten tvachim. The material that landed in the bottom of the pit just caused the pit to be 9.99 and not 10. What do I do? Ma'u. Hanacha's cheifetz v'siluk mechitza ba'adayad adikasu. Putting down the object, doing Hanacha, but also getting rid of the ten tvachim happened simultaneously. Mechayev. Or perhaps, no, because it landed, I don't have a ten tfachim pit, and therefore I'm not chayev. Tif in the day, says the Gemara, wait a minute, I can prove it from Rabbi Yochanan. You know what, it's, it's, I just realized again, it's Rabbi Yochanan again. That famous sugi that we had, why does it, have, why does it say 39 melachas, minyan alamali, and we kept on bringing that sugi at least five times, it was Rabbi Yochanan, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Rabbi Yochanan. Anyway, yeah, this also... Again, we bring this sugi again. That was this, this thing. And we're going to have it tomorrow for a third time in the Mishnah, the actual Mishnah. The, the original is on Kuf, Amad Aleph. That was this nan, right? The sticky igula dvela, or like Menachem said, sticky toilet paper. Today, it's wet toilet paper on a wall. If you throw something for Amos onto a wall, if it's above ten tefachim, kizarik ba'avir. More than ten tefachim is a makim tur. It's as if you threw it onto the air. Why? Because it's not a rishus harabim. Above here is not a rishus harabim, and it's also not enough to be considered rishus hayachid because rishus hayachid is a flat surface. It's not a vertical. It's not a rishus hayachid. Lamatim asara. But if you throw it underneath ten tefachim, kizarik baretz. It's as if you threw it on the ground. And vahazarik baretz. It's funny over here. It says a vav. I notice in the mission doesn't have a vav. Okay. Yeah? Where was that? Hazorik bar. It's fine. The Hazorik bars. I like this one better. Because this comes to, this explains it. The Hazorik bar is a continuation. And throwing in the, on the ground, Arba Amois, Chayov. Vavinabon, we asked the question, Valinach. I took a ball, threw it against the wall, and it bounced back. Where's the Hanacha? It never landed, it never rested. We're talking about a, a big, fat, juicy, Fig that could stick to a wall. Ask the Gemara, but according to what we're discussing now, in other words, the Gemara is asking, this case is in a case also, not only, but also in a case where you have exactly laser measured four Amas. And if I throw this fat, juicy fig and it hits the wall, at that area I don't have four Amas anymore. It's minus whatever the size of the fig is. It's very similar to our case where you take dirt and you fill up the pit. Over here I filled up the ear 
Now the distance from me to the wall is minus the fig. What's the difference? If you flip it over, flip it upside down, the wall is on the floor now, and I put a fig on the floor, that's also reducing the distance that I threw it. Says the Gemara, no. Hasam lemevatele. You don't want to, you want to eat the fig. So you never said that the fig should be part of the wall. You're not reducing the wall. When you throw dirt into a pit, you're reducing the size of the pit. So you mevatel the dirt, and the dirt becomes one and the same with the pit. Boy, Rava. Another question. Zorak. Wow, B'liyah and Hara. Motzi Shabbos, 70 people on Zoom. Ashrechem Yisrael. Unbelievable. Zorak dav v'noch agav yisaydois. You take a, here, something like this. You take something like this, a flat thing, that's four tvachim by four tvachim. You toss it, you play a game, and you, wanna, you want it to land on top of these like pins that you have in Rosh Hashanah. Now the pins don't have the surface of four, but they're ten, 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 ten tvachim tall. Now, says Gemara, wait a minute, we have to figure out what Rav is asking here, because it cannot be like we just said. If he's asking that this just turned into Rosh Hashanah and the, the, the platform and the Rosh Hashanah happened at once simultaneously, that's exactly Rabbi Yechonin's question. So it can't be that Rav is repeating Rabbi Yechonin's question. So, a new question. Okay, on this piece, there was something else. There was a chayfetz. And he threw them both. So now the daf lands, literally, a piece of paper. It lands on the Yisaydois. And now you have a Rosh Hashanah. Obviously, it can't be a piece of paper. It wouldn't work. I was just saying daf as a joke. A daf, a daf of plywood. Because this would be too flimsy. It wouldn't work. Whatever, just l'sabrisoy. Daf. Because the guy told me daf, that you have to turn the daf, you have to turn the page. So I'm stuck with this daf now. So he, zorak daf means, not a daf gemara, that this is secular. You can't, you can't throw things, especially on Shabbos. You can't throw tar- So now we're going daf over here is a secular term. The zorak, I'm kidding. Zorak daf v'chefetz agavav. He threw whatever, a piece of wood that's four by four, that could hold something sturdy and land it on top of these pins in the ground. So now he just created a Rosh Hashanah by landing on it. But there's something on top of it. So what's the question? There's one of these questions you can't answer. They came simultaneously. No. Listen, whatever's on top of this plank of wood, it's one with the wood, so you're not over and they landed together. Look, anytime you throw something and it lands hard, so whatever, that apple that's on top of that plank of wood is going to bounce. So it bounced and then landed again. It had a double landing. And therefore, So therefore, he should be chayv because on the second landing, it should be chayv. Because on the second landing, it already landed on a nice, sturdy Rosh Hashayachet platform. Teiku. It's not? It's a double koychoy. It's koyach koychoy koychoy. Right here? I don't know. It's good kasha. Hmm, what do you say? Anybody have a good tarot? He says it's not koychoy. Yoni Meisel Zasakasha. I don't know if you, you for sure, I barely heard him, so you for sure didn't hear him. Sitting all the way in the back. He asked that when it bounces, that bounce, he didn't call, he caused it, but it's considered Kayach Kaychay. It's not his power that caused the bounce, and therefore he shouldn't be Chayv. Omar Rava. Rabbi Isai, we had this sugya, word for word. Literally, we're not adding, we're not thinking, maybe one word is different, the word Pshita. But besides that, I think it's word for word. I didn't check it exactly, but I, I'm pretty sure it's exact. Omar Rava, because it was all in the beginning of the Sechda Dafei. Pshitali, it's Pasha to me. Mayim al-gabi mayim hainu anachasim. Water, yes, there are waves, and water is constantly moving, but that's how you place water. 
So if you were to remove water from a river, from an ocean, you're over on itself. Typically when something is in motion, you're not over. But water, that's how, that's how you put water down. There's no better way to put water. That it's liquid, so it's going to be moving. You'll remember this Gemara. What about a nut floating on water? A nut doesn't belong on water. So what? it's constantly in motion. In motion, you're not over on what about if the nut is inside of a little boat that's on the water? Do we say that we view the, the nut and it is in a sturdy place? The cup is not moving. The cup is moving, but relative to the cup, when you're on a boat, you're not moving. The, boat's not, the boat is on the water, but you... To, Relative to the boat is not moving. This is also part, we learned it over there. What about oil that floats on top of wine? We're talking about shemen, that's truma, and it's full yoim. What's it's full yoim again? is a guy that's Tomei and he went to the mikvah. He already went to the mikvah. He just has to wait for sundown to be completely tar. So, but if he touches truma, he renders the truma Tomei. So now as a shayla, whether or not, what, what does he make here Tomei? You have two levels. You have, you know, some, like I remember saying then, people light their candles on Shabbos. They put the oil on top of the water. They don't, they don't want to use a lot of oil. So they put water first. Great. So, and then I think somebody, I forgot, maybe Noam was saying, oh, it's a shayla mechaba, using the, oh, I forgot, whatever. So the shayla is, He's poisoned the top part, but the wine on the bottom is not connected, because they're fluids, they're, 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 they're different entities. They are considered connected, and so too, when it comes to Hilchah Shabbos, the same thing. If you have, so according to the, the Manda Omer that says that the nut, that the, the oil, even though it's on top of the oil, on top of the wine, it's considered one, so too, in our case, the, the, the kli would be considered one with the water, I think. I think that's what he's trying to say here. Let me see what Rashi says. says Rashi, it's like the nut on top of water. It's water on top of water, so that's the Hanacha. So you're taking it off from the top. It doesn't matter. They're all considered the same. Liquids are the same. And according to, according to the second Manda Omar, it's like a, a nut floating on water. Nut floating on water is not one with the water. So you're not over and it's on that. Rabbi Yisai, tomorrow morning, 7.15. Have a wonderful week. It's great to see everybody again. Shkoyach for coming. Shkoyach Yoni. Tremendous chizuk. Thank you. Agudavach. Agudavach. Rabbi Yisai, you guys, Barry, I, uh, where did he run away to? I saw him for a second. <laughs>